that is the Gold Cup hero. Two of the most admirable chasers you could possibly wish to see. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Race Hour podcast brought to you with our friends at bookmakers.co.uk and of course the tote.co.uk all the way through the national hunt season that we are in. We're reaching uh, the business end of it. We're not too long until the Dublin Racing Festival will be almost the last chance for you know proper, proper action. There's some good weekend stuff coming up as well uh, before we get to the Chantler Festival. And on this week's podcast, we're going to cover off on the novice chases. So we'll be doing the Arkle, the Turners, the Brown Advisory, the old RSA, of course, the National Hunt Chase. And, uh, and trying to pick out our best bets amongst the novice chasers as we currently stand. Of course, it was entries day uh, this week. So I think we've got 26 in the ARCO. We've got 41 in the turn. We've got 34 in the Brown Advisory and 37 in the National Hunt Chase. So plenty to go through. Dermot Nolan is here. Hello, Dino. How are you, buddy? I'm good. I'm good. Nice to uh, nice to be talking to you again. Uh, welcome back to Paddy Aspel as well. How are you, Paddy? Good afternoon, lads. Good to have you. You recovered from Gary Gate? Just about. Is it? Good man. You know, but that's that, that's just the, the way things go. You, you've got to take these things on the chin and try and move on. <laughs> take the positives from everything. <laughs> Pay attention this week, though, because we've we've thrown a spanner in the works, and that spanner is uh, is Stephen Cass. Good to have you back, Mr. Cass. <laughs> a spanner. <laughs> a spanner. <laughs> I, in fairness to Paddy, Gar- Gary O'Brien and Don McLean are basically the same person. I like. I, I'd imagine that if if they were in the same room, like one of their mothers would call each other the wrong name. So <laughs> Paddy, you're most forgiven there. And and I'm in great form here because, and I have to say, I'm because Dermo gave us all a pep talk not to be down on racing and down on Cheltenham before we came yeah. on. So yeah, really he looking did. forward to today's podcast, Dean. <laughs> good man, good man. Uh, me too. I really wasn't until I did get you know that that hair that that dressing room hair dryer from Dermot Nolan, which is uh, which has really got me going. So we're in. We're in you a great just sense spot, what I was think. coming. The two fucking slick ricks there now would, would have been uh, going all out. Now do you know. Last no fish week was the world now. Now, to that. Yeah, last week was Gary. Now we're all Ricks. So let's go. <laughs> all right. Uh, look, before we before we do get stuck into that kind of uh, crystal ball gazing into the novice chasers, uh, a couple of thoughts on last weekend. Derma, I'll start with you. We saw the mayor's chase winner. Uh, she was very, very good. Um, impervious when and won the Madigan Group novice, the grade three, of course, beating the boys, no less. And uh, that change of colours, uh, just you just got exactly the same performance. Nice stuff from Brian Hayes. It almost looked like once he decided to go, it was all over. And within a matter of strides, it was. Yeah, and what wasn't covered the whole pile was Brian Hayes did that hands and heels. There was, uh, very, He didn't very go to the stick once. Yeah, yeah. Um, he did completely hands and heels. It was a really smart performance. Look, the second uh, journey with me isn't as good as I thought that horse was last season. I mean, that is the simplicity of it. Um, and whilst the form in a normal grade one wouldn't be all that high, it's the fact that she wasn't getting weight. She gave him a pound to beat him. And there's no other horse in the field across any, or generally that has that kind of form, um, bar maybe Ellie May. But, you know, she doesn't look uh, all that well at the moment because we haven't seen her since her first run this season. Um, Allegor Devasi could be anything, but like her best piece of form is beating Brandy Love. And Brandy Love uh, jumped left the whole way around Fairy House, which... As you know, Dean wouldn't do you a whole lot of good there. And he, um, mm-hmm. so that's the best piece of form that Ali Gordavasi has. So, yeah, look, Imper- Impervious should be favourite. Jumped a lot better, I thought. Still, at times, 
to be really critical, there's still improvement there because it can make a kind of a funny shape at times over a fence, but that just might be her style. Um, and speaking to Brian Hayes a few weeks ago, like this horse had a few really bad habits last season, which were holding her up. Like he said, she did this thing after a hurdle, which he said was the strangest thing he'd ever come across as a jockey or one of the strangest things. And that sometimes after she'd jump a hurdle, she'd stop for a stride and then go again. And he said that the momentum she was losing doing it, she did it at Cheltenham, she did it at um, afterwards at Ferry House. And he said she actually did that down Royal when she won a grade two or grade three up there. And he said it just made no sense as to what she was doing. Um, and this year over fences, she's not doing that. So, you know, by even just fixing that slight error, she's she's reaching new form lines. She's improving with every run. Um, as I said, now she's put two serious runs together. That, that run against Dino Blue was brilliant. And this is another level altogether. And we don't know how good she is because Brian Hayes rode her hands and heels. Um, and she was going away in the end to win by three quarters of a length, but she was going further and further. So she's very interesting. She's very exciting. And she's one of these mares now that kind of long-term was surprised to see that she wasn't entered in the Turners. I could see the logic there. I remember Shattered Love won one of Turners um, yep. getting a seven pounds. She she struck me as that. So I, I was surprised to see that. But look, all roads go towards the mare's chase. And yeah, Dean, she's we've um, hopefully Honeysuckle can keep going, but the race hour have a new mare to be uh, jumping behind anyway. Yeah, we do. We do. And, you know, we did put everyone on early do- early doors, which is what you want. Actually, I can't believe I've said early doors in this podcast. Anyway. I don't want to go there. I don't want to go. Yeah, you know, it, it is now. Yeah, I don't want to go there, though. Paddy, talk to me about Impervious's jumping. Dermo mentions she makes uh, an odd shape sometimes. I, I find she really attacks them, and it's probably happening a little bit too easy for her. So, um, but that'd be my take, and I'm no jockey. No, I think she has got her own way, hasn't she? But I think it's because, guys... She just lacks a little bit of scope and, and the actual physical size, mm. uh, maybe as, as some of the other mares. And I think I noticed her do it last time at Cork and she did it again the other day when she is asked to commit. And, you know, she's very brave. She doesn't lack for bottle at all, but she tends to hurdle the fence. You know, she, she'll, she'll grab it almost. If you're, if you're to watch how, um, what would you say? Give you an example of, put it this way. You watch a greyhound jump an obstacle the two front feet come up in front of them rather than bend the knee. Um, yeah. She does that a little bit. She kind of grabs for a fence, but, you know, she, she gets there. Uh, but she is very, very brave. There's no doubt. But she, it was almost identical how she jumped the last in Cork and how she jumped the last the other day. But very likable. And, you know, Ruby did highlight that fact when you watched the head-on that it was a lovely educational ride again by Brian Hayes, who who does know her very well. And I think he's played a big part, hasn't he, in in the improvement in this mare as well. Yeah. You know, even when you watch her beforehand in the preliminaries, you know, when Brian gets legged up on her and out onto the track, she is a real handful. You know, she's, she's not straightforward, but obviously she's, she's very good. And I just like the way for a few strides turning in the camera angle had Brian Hayes. He looked like he was flat to the boards for just for two strides the other day. And next thing when the angle changed and the turned in, she locked back onto it again. And, yeah, I think she's hit the line quite snug and going the right way. And as you guys mentioned, a good start in the new colours. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely that. Stephen, we love this kind of horse on the race hour, of course, and uh, another mare for us to go to war with. No guarantee Brian Hayes keeps the ride at Cheltenham. There never is in, in those colours, of course, is there? That's what I was wondering. How come he was riding her? I, I have no idea. I have no steer in this now. Does Dermo have any steer? Will Brian Hayes keep the ride at Cheltenham? I'm talking to him this week on uh, after this podcast. I've no idea. I sometimes now 
JP, I remember talking to Keith Dunhu about this before, that JP, remember Great Field, that was Jody McGarvey's ride. And sometimes he does do that where if a jockey has a particularly good relationship with, with one, that's a handful. But I'm purely um, purely pontificating here. Um, I have no idea as of yet. He kept the ride the last day simply because Mark, uh, simply because you'd have to think Mark Walsh is injured at the moment. Yeah. He mightn't want he got, to. Uh, but he bust his ribs. Yeah. Yeah, you know, so yeah, like it, it's interesting. I hope Brian does because Brian Hayes has talked about, as Paddy said, the the how hard it was to get her down to the start last season. She's doing all that a lot better now because he's just so used to the rhythm with her. He just kind of walks around, lets her look at everything, and then they go straight away. So, um, I think it'd be brave taking him off, but look, who knows? I look, I'd see it as a, a negative, not in terms of the ability of the two jockeys, just in in terms of continuity. Stephen, what did you, um, I mean, anything to add on the impervious? We're all obviously fanboys here, so that's what you're going to get. But um, Allegory Devassi is lurking. There isn't much else lurking. Yeah, look, I, I have nothing to add in the performance. She's very, very good. I just wish she was in the turners. Like my 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 suggestion for the race planners out there would be, I'd love to see, uh, I think that the new mayor's program is a huge addition to get mayors into racing and has worked, but I think there should be big mayors races at the DRF and at Aintree and these mayors races shouldn't exist at Cheltenham. Let like Colreevy went and won a mayor's chase and she probably would have beaten Monkfish the way Monkfish ran in the RSA that day. Um, mm. Like thank God we had honeysuckle, did get into a champion hurdle, but the champion hurdle this year would be vastly enhanced with Marie's Rock and Love Envoy. Uh, the Turners would be hugely enhanced with Impervious and maybe have big mares chases and, and hurdles outside of Cheltenham. Um, but look, that's only dreaming. I, I think it's a bit, a little dull in that the mares chase will just become a, a match when both those mares would add hugely to um, the novices. Yeah, good point. And it's something that perhaps could do the review at some point, but we know the way Cheltenham's going to go. We're only going to get another day and maybe one or two more races stuck on. So I don't think that's something that would change, but it's a very good point and something I would prefer. I have to agree. Stephen, we did see, uh, I mean, I'm probably not going to touch on too many from the weekend, although feel free to throw anything else into there. But uh, Imper Et Pass was a winner in the Grade 2 Moscow Flyer. Uh, Willie often sends his Supreme horse here. It was this one that went. Was this a Supreme horse? I, I don't know. There's, no, there's, there's probably no point there. <laughs> No, no, I don't know. He was very good. He, like, I don't, I don't know what to say about it. Like, he jumped, he jumped really well. He was impressive. I don't think any of them wanted to get too close to him. Um, his price is now short enough, really, for the Supreme when you don't know where X and Y are going. I, I've nothing, nothing inciting to say on it. That's fine. Did um, we know that everything the wheels are all still on? All those kind of cliches come out from it. That's I thought now of the of of the Willie horses. I thought Flame Bearer was nearly more impressive than any of them i thought what he did was fairly awesome yeah uh, the, the, the last fence aside um i was hugely impressed with him now he was nearly he's nearly a fence and a half clear of them uh turning into the the straight there uh i thought he was very good and and no move in the market then whatever that means um, i hope he goes to grand annual i think he'd love he'd be brilliant in that race yeah, yeah he's a bit of a head case like i don't know yeah, what a small let him go may, yeah, if it, yeah, I don't know what a big field speed. I know, thing, I know, I know. I get you, I get you. Yeah, yeah. The price moving bubble burst the last day because they expected it the last day, then they got it this time round. So, yeah, maybe maybe questions to answer. Maybe just needed that. Yeah, the thing know? is with him, he's too much of a head case to be Townend's number one in any race. Now, unless yeah. it depends where James Burley goes, maybe he'd be Townend's ride in uh, Turner's. But 
if if they let Jacob ride James de Burley, but I doubt they'd do that either. But look, maybe he'll go to Aintree or something. Um, He's real Danny Mullins ride, isn't he? I thought he was mighty impressive. And I thought that the other one, I thought um, Ashtown Lad looked like he was coming to win his race and nearly was just given an easy enough time of it, even though he was upsides in the Pretemps qualifier. He's 135 over hurdles. Uh, it'll be the Pretemps final and then the national for him. And he'll be near bottom weight in the Pretemps hurdle. I thought he ran a really, really nice race with Cheltenham and yeah. Mike. That was, of course, at Warwick um, on Saturday. Yeah, of course, behind uh, Glimpse, yes. Glimpse of Gala. Yeah, yes. in the Potemps. Yeah, I remember that. Okay, I did I did think we might have seen something a little bit freakish from the returning Royal Thief. Uh, I don't know if anyone saw that put Fakira away, who had a, a complete run of the race at Punchestown under Jamie Codd. Uh, a long time off, pro- starting from a low base. I think it was a mark of one, two, three. It's gone and won that handicap off. Uh, that looks like an Ultima horse if they can sneak it in there for the De Bromheads. Any views? Anyone even pay attention to that? Place? I thought Fakira got a lovely trial for a Kim Weir now under Jamie Codd. Yeah. That's what I thought. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was a, a trip a bit too too short for him. Now, the winner was very good, don't get me wrong, but the trip was a little bit too too short for him. And yeah, no, I thought that was a, that was a Kim Weir beautiful trial now, to be honest, especially oh. under the right jockey and everything else. Um, yeah, no, but Royal Chief definitely could be something they knows. I don't want that uh, cast message about us at the weekend as well. A uh, great awning I thought was very good. Um, and that horse I just noticed there got a mark of 141. And I don't think the UK, some of those UK novices are up the whole pile. So if they got that horse uh, handicapped like he is now, 141, I'd be going for a, a decent pot with him, like a bet for hurdle or something. Um, mm-hmm. He'd be very interesting in that. And kind of bar that, not... Not a whole lot more, Dean. I, I thought it was a quite enough weekend, really. Fair enough, Paddy. Anything else catch your eye over the weekend that you might have um, might have thought was worth a, a shout out? We've covered a few of them. Well, I thought Willie's bumper horse on Saturday, Dino, was very good. Um, not really sure about the opposition in behind, but the fact of the matter was, you know, Paddy lined them up out pretty deep and wide. He he knew he was going to be pretty keen, but he he was he was. He was ranked for a mile. I mean, he pulled so hard. And surely if he didn't have a big engine, Westport Cave, if he didn't have a big engine, he'd have absolutely walked home. But he hit the line nicely and looked a real good type pulling up. But honestly, first first mile, uh, Paddy, was a, he was an absolute passenger. So could be a fair horse. I've just seen the prices for the bumper. And, you know, they've actually popped him in there pretty prominent. And I know by Willie's standards, the bumper horses have been... I won't say ordinary enough the last two months, but we haven't seen an absolute whopper yet, have we? Um, mm. You know, that he would be popping straight down that, that Willie's got the bumper sewn up, but definitely thought he looked okay now. Westport Cove, that was, ran in the, uh, in the bumper at Fairy House, of course, yeah. Um, fair play, Paddy, thanks for that. All right, um, well, we know what we're going to do now after this break. We're going to get stuck into the novice chases, the Arco, the Turners, the Brownifies are in the National Hunt Chase, and we'll do that after this. You're listening to The Race Hour, proudly brought to you in association with The Tote. Check out The Tote this jump season and find out what you've been missing. Okay, welcome back to this week's Race Hour podcast, which are the friends at bookmakers.co.uk and of course the totes.co.uk all the way through the National Hunt season. Second part of today's podcast, um, obviously I've got Stephen Cass, Paddy Aspel and Dermot Nolan with me. Uh, we're going to look at the novice chases. Um, entries were out this week, chaps. The Arkle is our first 
port of call. 26 currently in the entries. Um, John Bond's been at the top of the market for a while. But Stephen Cass, Willie Mullins is starting to line up the guns to come and take him on. Uh, appreciate it. Dysart Dynamo, El Fabiolo, Sir Gerhard Santois haven't got to another trainer in the betting. Yeah, yeah. And to run through the Willie ones, Santois isn't entered anywhere else, which is it a power play from Willie that we want to run our boy in the Arkle and you can run John Bond in the longer race? Or, um, <laughs> I, 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 honestly, I wonder what's the story there because Sanwa looks like he'd step up and trip, no problem. And the way he went in uh, in behind at Leprechaun at Christmas, he looks like getting a lead would really suit him. So to knock, that's that's really bizarre, him not getting an entry yeah. in the Turners. Really, really I, bizarre. I think you got a question about I bet, that. Well I, 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 I bet, I bet it's a, like... I, I, JP doesn't have many horses but Willie and there was the only one he got into the yard a few years ago was because Willie bought um, not Samoa the other one that was supposed to be a champion hurdler a few years ago I can't remember his name and you know JP is there by stealth and <laughs> it doesn't look like I, 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 I'd, I'd love to know like what's the story there now I told idle speculation but sure that's uh, I, I just found that fascinating um, of the others El Fabiolo, everyone seems to say he could be the best of them. I thought he jumped rotten at Fairy House now because mm-hmm. he jumped some of them low, banked some of them, jumped some of them big, skewed some of them. He didn't seem to have any kind of a technique. Uh, he hasn't been to Cheltenham, so I wouldn't like him. Um, Samwa, I think, might be a little outpaced. Uh, Flame Bearer, too much of a head case. So if, if I think Townend will be thinking, I'm going to ride Dysart Dynamo or appreciate it. Uh, Dysart Dynamo, very good at Leopardstown. Depends what view you take on him getting lit up at Cheltenham last year. I if 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 now if picking now appreciate it's a solid one. Like he was eight pounds better than any of these over hurdles and he looks every bit as good over fences. So I would think appreciate it is the solid one. Um John Bond's been very good, but yeah, lots of question marks so wouldn't be taking any hot view on the Arkle. Um if if they all lined up today now I reckon Townham would write appreciate it. Do you think so? Yeah, okay, fair enough. I I get that's just based on solidness isn't there there is the question marks about Dysart Dynamo which you raised there and the good point about El Fabiolo uh, not having been tested at Cheltenham although you could say Dysart Dynamo's test uh, it failed but that's a bit harsh maybe the more you uh, watched Dynamo, back that Supreme last year though Dean I, I, yeah. I backed Dysart Dynamo last year and I kind of wrote him off after two hurdles I thought he was too free but the more you watch it he, he was he was still there traveling and staying on well and there were miles clear of Anthony in behind so hard to say where he would have finished in relation to John Bond of course it is. Yeah, absolutely. And John Bond kind of had to take up the mantles, almost a bit like a relay. Who's going to go after this thing? And nothing could. Um, and whilst we thought, Demo, for a moment there was a race on, there wasn't. But John Bond is um, is top of the tree and the Willie Mullins battalions line up behind. Yeah, John Bond sets the level. I mean, he sets what, what, a late 150s level at the moment, probably. Um, and then the rest of them have to try and get to that. He's been very good so far. Really good, in fact. But it's, um, it's just difficult to know what he's been beating but the same thing happened it's here in Ireland like I'd love a really good Arkle again but I don't know if we're ever going to get a really strong one again it, it just always seems to fall into either one horse is way clear or you've got the situation like this now where like we just don't know what, what's going where what's happening well, Willie, really. con- Willie Mullins controls whether this is going to be a good Arkle or not because the next five six and a bit in seven if you count the top eight in there there is yeah and I said this a few weeks ago it, it was quite sad at Christmas with how much Willie Mullins dominated considering plenty of his horses. Flame Bear is another example of it that, you know, he, he was really poor first time out and then bounces back. They seem to all, a lot of them seem to need their run first time 
and then come back afterwards. And like Sir Gerhard is apparently back in training now as well. And sure, I don't know where he might go to. Um, it's freakish. If Flame, if Flamebearer was to turn up on the day at twenty to one, and he he Danny Mullins on board, I definitely back him for something like this. But at the moment, this race is very hard to get involved in because we just we simply have no idea in the world. Who's going where, really, do we? Yeah, and it's more likely that Flame Bearer, if it does decide to go there, will be up against another head case in Dysart Dynamo. Appreciate it, who is already at a very latter stage, uh, age-wise, in his career. Probably needs a longer trip, and then at least they can have one crack at a Gold Cup before he's in his teenage years, would be my take on it. But who knows what they're going to do. Uh, Paddy, the, the control is all with Willie Mullins about what this race looks like, but we've already been very complimentary about John Bond. Perhaps it doesn't matter what turns up. Yeah, and... Look, he deserves to be favourite. I think he is short enough, to be honest. Um, considering, I mean, whether or not he's not, he's had a test over fences or horses haven't been able to test him. The fact that Boot Hill gave him a little bit of a goal the last day. I think Boot Hill is a is a horse who's on the improve, and that's a fair old test. But just we're we're really scratching our head with so many of the Irish trials because we're not seeing any of these horses getting any description of a horse race. So. Yeah. All we're learning each week, like we've seen, I know obviously Jack Jack Kennedy's horse fell at Nace the other day, but same thing again. We learned nothing only appreciated was alive and 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 his heart was beating, and that's it, lads. But uh, I don't know, I, I, I've been I've been put off by the vibes from Willie as regards where he's going to go with this horse. I don't think he's really got his name firmly in the mix to tackle an Arkel. I think he's going to go somewhere else with appreciated, yeah. and um. I'm very keen on Dysart Dynamo. I think this is a completely different animal mentally to what we've seen last year, it, right. what we've seen of him the other day. And and despite the fact that he has settled down, he's much more rideable nowadays. You know, he'll still take offence from outside the wings, but he's well able. He's well able. He's got the scope and the size to do that. And if he keeps going along that sort of path and, and, and the boys can keep a lid on him, which looks very, very doable now, I'd be keen on, on Dysart Dynamo. He's round about fives at the minute. Uh, I'd, he'd, be, he'd be the one I'd be leaning towards at the minute. But yeah, it's 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 a proper lottery as regards what's going to turn up. But one thing's for sure, it's going to be a good arcle, even though we, it doesn't look like we're going to have a big field. Yeah, sure. We should get two or three proper ones that if they won the arcle, you wouldn't be disappointed uh, with, you know, looking back on it in hindsight. And what I found with the arcle last few years is you might get one like decent horse in there just goes and wins it. Okay, well, that's been very disappointing. I, I don't um, think, Dean, I don't think it's as murky as you're saying it is. Dysart Dino is guaranteed to run at this. There's no way he's going up and trip. And, and like agreed. the way the race will shape, he'll go from the front. John Bond will sit in behind. And we now know Sam was guaranteed to run at this. So there's three very good horses yep. straight from the bat. And then Willie will run at least one other. Um, depending on how well Fabiola goes against Dysart Dynamo, I would suspect at the DRF. And I think the if a preset goes here or not will depend on what James de Burley does at the DRF because James de Burley is a very obvious Turner's horse. So if he looks like he will win that, he might throw Dyser Dynamo and appreciated at the Arkham. But you'll definitely have Dyser Dynamo, John Bon and Saint Wa at a minimum. So it is shaping yeah. into a nice race. And in terms of you can even see how the race goes then because Dyser Dynamo leads has to lead. Um El Fabiolo and John Bon sitting behind and, and, you know, it, it's going to be a really good arc. Yeah, well, Paddy's alluded to it before, nearly. John Bond, although we're not quite sure what's, what's been in behind, obviously Boot Hill's a, a fair old marker, but it's had proper jumping tests and, and, and got past those with um, with a plum. So, yeah, I mean, even if you got those three or four that you mentioned there, Stephen, it's, it, 
it's an aqua that you can appreciate is going to be very, yeah. very If If uh, Dysart Dynamo goes and beats El Fabiolo by five lengths at the Dublin Race Festival, John Bond mightn't even be favourite. So he is, yeah. it is a poor price now for sure. Oh yeah, agreed. If you're not on already, you're looking for something else. And that's that does make a lot of sense. It will be there. Um, I can't disagree at all. Uh, you, Stephen, you asked for a couple of questions on uh, the Twitter machine, of course. And one of them was, where will James de Berle run? That was from Paddy Keneally. Uh, you've just said Turner's. I think to me, that makes obvious sense. I can't see them doing anything uh, drastic he, he, in terms of yeah, trip, And that's it, the middle ground. It depends what he does um, at the Dublin Race Festival. He's 7-2 to two to beat Mighty Potter and. I think what nearly looks like a match in that two mile five race at Depperstown, unless there's another race they can go for with him. Um, you'd always be that little bit worried that maybe Willie will try and find something softer for James de Burley before Cheltenham because he has been a bit fragile. Um, yeah, and there was a bit of education going on, wasn't there, on the return run, as you <laughs> There wasn't any um, education. The horse just went out. Oh, no, I, I disagree. I disagree. I know the horse wanted it's to go. Darryl but Jacob I think it was couldn't re- hold one side of him, so I don't know how he was trying to educate him. Like, the horse did what he was ah, going to do you take it. You take it the wrong way. I think he was educating him to go for a one, come back at one, go short. Yeah. I thought it was interesting the way that he went round. And, um, albeit, there was ne- never any opposition. The opposition was jockey versus horse. He was unbelievably impressive at Fairy House that yeah. day like he looked an absolute yeah. airplane over fences and when you, when you go back and consider that they thought him good enough to run the champion hurdle straight off the bat and if you watch when he was second to Classical Dream at Punchstown while Classical Dream was impressive on the day James Burley was really ridden like a non-jigger he was like 8th or ninth turning in and was absolutely tank and tanked the whole way around like he's got a huge engine on him um, at Fairy House by far the most now the most impressive novice chase performance I've seen all year. I thought he was just awesome. I haven't seen a horse jump yeah. like him. He very like Vatour. Um and because he's so free, there's uh, uh, for two reasons I think there's absolutely no way he'll go up to three miles. One is because Willie did it with Alaho and I think he was sorry he didn't go for the intermediate trip when he was quite a free going forward going type. And the other reason is that I don't think the double green would like to go for it because they didn't even run Bristol to my over the three miles. So yeah. I think James de Burley yeah. will definitely go Turner's. And um, yeah, I'd, I'd have him by far the most likely winner for the simple reason. Well, A, I think he's a better horse than Mighty Potter. And B, I think Mighty Potter throws in too many stinkers and had a really bad experience at Cheltenham last year. So, you know, I don't think he's as good a horse as James de Burley. And if you watch back that Supreme, you wouldn't be that keen to back Mighty Potter back at Cheltenham again. He couldn't go, um, he couldn't go lickety split. Yep. Well, let's ask Emma about that. I mean, we're moving on to the Turners now. I've been talking about James de Berle. You were very keen on Mighty Potter last year uh, to run a better race than it did in the Supreme, and it just didn't uh, go to plan. But it has come out and obviously done something pretty special over fences this year in a Drimmore. Looks a nice horse, Emma. It's top of the market. Yeah, a big fan of this horse. And he won a punch down grade one afterwards at uh, at 20 to 1 over hurdles, and he didn't have a cent on him that day either. Um, ah. he's, he's very, very good. It's... So that's a that's a good race and adamantly chosen who I would probably back each way for this, which I'll explain in a small while as well. Was in behind that day. The only question mark I have over that um the race that uh Drinmore, sorry, that Mighty Potter won last time is that Banbridge got off and just hated the ground, JJ Slevin said immediately afterwards that just absolutely hated the ground. So like I think there there is the scope for Banbridge to overturn that form. Mighty Potter, which was really impressive, was was that he hit a few and he still was going to the end so strong. So that's going to really stand to him. But his jumping isn't something I'm absolutely in love with. Um, and at Cheltenham, that can fall apart quite quickly. So I love Mighty Potter. Absolutely love him. But a 3-1 to one 
with the jumping frailty and my slight question mark over the form, um, I'm happy enough to leave that go, to be honest. Um, appreciate it. I'm just not a, I'm not massively fond of this horse. I took him on in that, that Supreme, which was a stupid decision, but I'm not massively fond of him. I think he's a bit old as well now for, for, for this division. I think James Berlay wins this if he goes here. Banbridge is also really interesting. So if Banbridge was to, was to be 16 to 1 or bigger on the day, I'd be very intrigued there also. Um, but James de Berlay is the one that I absolutely loved. He's the one that Brian Hayes from his first blog in Bookmakers, the, the Cottage UK, was raving about this horse, saying how well that he was jumping at home. Um, he rides him out at home and he says he just gives you the feel that this horse is something very special. Um, he said that a few times now in the blogs. Uh, I asked him for one week for one horse to back at Cheltenham and he gave James de Berlay as well. Uh, he absolutely loves him. So the way that he ran, the way that he performed, he's definitely one that I'm intrigued in. And then the other one, Dean, just that, this race could could really be quite front heavy when you look at it. Um, could really be an awful lot of them kind of going going towards the front, real kind of heaviness in it. So I'd like one uh, at fifty to one or so on the day, and he will be a massive price. He's adamantly chosen. Um, Brian Hayes has said that the second his horse gets good ground, that he'll be a different horse. Now the big question is, he's probably not good enough. That's completely acceptable, but he'll ride him cold like he did at Christmas. He just didn't quite get the Jerry Cologne, but that was a brilliant ride. They finally figured out how to ride him. And at 50 to 1 or so here, he'll be a huge price on the day. You'll probably, as Cass always says, just go to the exchanges or to the toll, you'll probably get a huge price for him. And um, he'd be one that I'll be working on the day. But yeah, Dean, I, I can't see past James de Berlay at 7 to 1, to be honest. Yeah, I, uh, look, I agree with both yourself and uh, Stephen Cass in that James de Berlay, that was a mighty impressive performance. Always put it in the right races, big races before, uh, before the break. And they obviously feel a lot about it. Brian Hayes is making... Uh, good comments about him as well to you, Demo, and we're getting we're the recipient of those. And um, everything about it to me looks like they'll take on Mighty Potter, who, as Stephen said, can throw in a stinker. Appreciate it. This would probably be the race I'd throw appreciate it at because I think they do need to start extending out and trip. But James de Berle might have too much toe as the younger animal. Paddy, what do you make of the Turners? It's it's shaping up. This is where I'd love to see appreciate it go. Um, yeah, you know, because if you listen to David Casey's interview after Nace the other day. I mean, he said that this horse is the easiest horse ever to manage and, and he would stay any trip they put him over. Um, now, I, I did mention, obviously, we're learning nothing about him, but I think in both the starts over fences, for a big lad who, like Dermo says, he is coming to this job very late in life. Uh, and especially at this level as well, you've you've got to learn on your feet very, very quick. And from what I've seen of him, he's looked very good. No real worries at all. and Because surely... Cass made the point a minute ago about El Fabiolo. If appreciated jumped like El Fabiolo, like had no trouble in going down and nudging one and being a bit casual, you couldn't blame him because I say he's having to learn this job very quickly. The big lad, a bit of size about him, and and he'd be well able to nudge one, but he doesn't. I think he's he's good on his feet, clever horse, and but for a big lad who who will stay, he's not a big boat. He's not slow. Um, and I, I've always just got that stuck in my mind that Willie, I, I definitely think he, he just sort of, when, when Gary O'Brien mentioned it to him, he, he, he was cold on the Arkle ID. I reckon he's going to go up and trip with this horse. Yeah. He's got so many in around that two mile, two and a half department that, you know, he, he's going to land plenty of pots, but he's just got to try and, and, and fire the right bullets at the right races. Yeah, it's a tricky question for him every year. This year looks exactly the same. Yeah, I agree with you. I think that I think that's exactly where to go. Stephen, I know I know you kicked us off with the turners here. Anything at a price that's interesting you still? 
Um, stage star I thought was quite interesting at thirty threes of, uh, and that, I think that's non-runner no bet as well. Um, like he was he was very good in two of his three starts over fences this year, and the one time he was beaten at Newbury, I thought Cobden rode him like he was a certainty from the front and was just too aggressive, and he got tired in the finish. Like it was it was totally mm. a bad ride that got him beaten. Um, he was really good, jumped brilliantly at Plumpton then. Uh, but his form wouldn't be there to be winning a turn. So, you know, he's got another kind of 10 to 12 pounds to find on the book to get involved. But like, you get the feeling with him that Nichols always And he fell apart in the spring last year as well, didn't he? With two pulled up efforts. They even reached for the hood at Aintree and it all still... Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But Cheltenham last year, Nichols horses, I don't know, they didn't seem to be firing on all cylinders so after you pull up at Cheltenham to go to Aintree is tough so I mean he went yeah. he went to Warwick was good uh, then he like I say was beaten at Newbury when Cobden was too aggressive and then he was very good at Plumpton so but beat nothing again I mean he beat Mortlock but Mortlock had been out six days earlier pulling up or uh, yeah. you know at Kempton time before that so the form's not there but I do think there's an engine there with stage star and he's a grade one winner and you probably only have there won't be it won't be a big field here that's for certain um yeah so he he was one uh hollow games i'd always give another chance to he kind of got out in his head at leopardstown at christmas um not even sure Elliot's horses were flying then and they're certainly not flying now so if if, if hollow games could put in a good run I think this is his trip, you know, probably two two mile, five to three miles at a time. And I just so, was just so impressed with Hollow Games on his chase debut. But look, I, I wouldn't, he he's kind of needs to come back and do it again. So yeah, at the price, at, at a big price stage there, if you want to be interested in. It has an entry this uh, weekend, I think in a grade two at Haydock, although whether, what kind of racing we'll get at the weekend, I think it's probably heavy at Haydock anyway. Um, be interesting to see whether they go there. That one is a big price, around 33s in the village at the moment. All right, now why don't we move on then and take a look at the Brown Advisory Novices Chase. Of course, this one is the three mile and half a furlong, old RSA. Um, Gayard de Menil will have, uh, well, it's got the entries in both, that and the National Hunt Chase, although I'm pretty sure they'll be going for the longer one and Patrick's already got that uh, sewn up. Uh, you know I'm a big fan of Time Hill, Paddy Asport. Time Hill could be one to strike for the home team. I was going to ask you, Dino, what sort of a shout would you give Time Hill? But I think, obviously, they popped some headgear on him the other day, but I just thought it was quite ballsy the way, you know, Hobbs said, no, we're going to keep chipping away with this fella over fences. And I was distraught after the defeat from McFabulous and just thought, I cannot believe that we got turned over. And I was very impressed on the flip side of that by McFabulous, who then uh, didn't go and back up next time because Time Hill came through and delivered what I thought he'd do the first day. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I feel like I, I missed the boat a little bit. But I, I'm all in here. I do think he's the he's the right one. Obviously, that stairs hurdle form, uh, Cheltenham form is good. Uh, just it's been a horse that's not quite gone through with it. But he did the last day, Paddy. He impressed me. Yeah, I, I, but I, for me, I think to, to get competitive at a festival, maybe now at his age, you know, he's going to be ground dependent, isn't he? And if there was a bit of cut in the ground, you'd definitely be a lot keener on his chances mm. because, like I've said to you guys, I honestly think he, he he's a good jumper. He just gets. He, get, he, he makes too much of his ditches, doesn't he? And he gets up in the air and obviously he's been found out uh, so far up until the other day where he was he was much, much better. But it was only the ditches really that were catching him out. But you've got to take your hat off the connections. They've stuck to their guns because we mentioned appreciated. You know, Time Hill is 
a nine-year-old also and identical really coming to this job pretty late but he is very classy and yeah if there was a bit of cut in the ground come um come Cheltenham that would definitely give give him a shot in the arm for sure what else do you like in that field Paddy well I thought it'd be interesting if Ollie Murphy turned up here with Thunder Rock I thought Thunder Rock would be one at a bit of a price I think he's quite classy this horse a little bit disappointing I think it's fair to say the last day but Obviously, he could have um he could have other opportunities available to him at Cheltenham, but I thought he could be an interesting one. But he's going to be a price. Um, uh, but I I I was in the same camp as you to be honest, Dino, because I was so much more convinced that he got competitive over fences the last day at Tyne Hill. But if there was a bit of rain around, I'd be an awful lot keener on him. Yep. Yep. I totally agree. And uh, it would be nice to get some redemption uh, for me after deciding. I think I called him a certainty for stairs. He didn't run it. And then <laughs> yeah, thought he'd he go. <laughs> he didn't run, did he? Um, so at least, you know, I didn't get found out. But uh, unfortunately, he did run the following year and then got done by Danny Mullins again. Uh, Demo, Time Hill, he's top of your list too. Oh, God, of course he is. Yeah. No, um, he look, he, he was fine. He was good at Christmas. I just, it just depends on how much you, you rate McFabulous, really. I'd, I'd have it that he was just really bad the time before and a classy horse like him came back to some bit of his best. Uh, I still think he's too mm. old to be starting a new job like this and uh, I'd be... It sh- is late in the day, yeah, but that, you know... I know, I know. Missed. He could be the exception, but just, you know, Rock and Ruby, there's a good few of these horses that have done this and then yep. just, just kind of bombed out at Cheltenham. But yeah, I'd be very happy to take him on. Gayard Maynil, the market seems to be speaking as if he's going here now instead of um, the National Hunt Chase, which will be very interesting there, but I... I Again, I think the National Hunt Chase or the Grand National, something like that, is where he'll come to the fore. I don't think a race like this is him. The Real Whacker, beautiful story, has been really good. I just struggle to see anything else. And there's kind of uh, two Thunder Rock, first of all, from Paddy. That's a serious shout of 50 to 1 because I thought the last day behind the Real Whacker that he just needed to go up and trip. He, he stayed on really well off, off the back of the last. Um, so at 50 to 1, that's a... That's a serious shout. I've got two here again. Jerry Colomb has been the one that I've been talking about all season for this Dean. I'm on him at, at bigger prices. Uh, huge fan of his. I, I think he's brilliant. I love that performance at Christmas as well, where he showed a bit more about him as well, speed-wise. Um, that was really good. And then the other one that I liked is a horse, and I'm kind of just waiting to see what's next for him, is a Dan Skelton horse called, called Hidden Heroics. Um, mm-hmm. Now, this horse is on a mark of 137, so he could end up... In an Ultima, as you call it, you know. Um, right, right uh, way to call it. <laughs> um, but what, what he did that day at Cheltenham, it's only three runner race, it's not a great race by any stretch of imagination, but his jumping was absolutely out of this world. He jumped that uh, three runner field into the floor. I think he won by 40 something lengths in the end, but his jumping was just beautiful. He adored Cheltenham. So if he was to turn up here, like at those odds, he, he could do something. He could go from the front. He could catch a few of them out. I do think it's between the, a few Irish horses there at the front. But hidden, hidden heroics, wherever he goes, Dean, I, I, I'll have an eye on him. Okay. Okay. Uh, Stephen, over to you. I mean, you can you can jump on the time hill, Bam, but you're not going to. Um, I I think he's absolutely no chance to shape he makes all the fences now. I just couldn't, couldn't, easy, don't, don't do it, Dean. Don't do it. No, I'm going to do it, yeah. but I appreciate it. No, I know I'm going to do yeah. it, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I t- two two angles in here. Uh, firstly, if you were to give me a win bet now, um, or two win bets, let's say, Gerard Manil, if Gerard Manil goes here, Townend's riding him. 
he's nine to four in the day. Four to one on run on a bet is a good price. Um, so that's that's one angle, and I, I'm not sure if you watch the race back last year. Gosh, he, he and he has improved. He looks like he has improved. Like he was second in a Grade One on a shorter trip, and then was grand at Christmas, beat nothing. But he has all the experience. He's going to be bang there, jump on the last. He, he he'd have a great chance in this because I don't think it's that good. Um. The other one I like, uh, I, I thought Bally Griffin Cottage at Haydock was just mighty impressive. And this horse, on his profile, there could be any amount of improvement. He just looked like an absolute kind of Denman-esque, I thought, now at Haydock on, on Novice Chase debut. Like his, his his hurdle season, his novice hurdle season, on on his race course debut, he was jumping the last on the bridle against Blazing Cal um, on his first ever time in a race course. Ended up being beaten six lengths, just... 100 yards to go looked like he was going to be beaten they sat up at him he was only barely beaten then he then went to Linkfield and won then went to the Albert Bartlett and finished fourth of 16 a really good run so very inexperienced needs another run he was in Linkfield this Friday that'll be cancelled you'd imagine with the, the, the forecast frost at Linkfield uh, so I don't know where they'll go with him but I'd be very interested in Bally Griffin Cottage 16 to 1 I um, think that's an okay price hard to get a nice price anti-post these days so I think he's worth backing and I think it's worth backing Gerda Menil. And the the angle with Gerda Menil as well, um, everyone's just presuming he'll go four-miler. I think Willie's horse for the three-mile sixer uh, could be Ramilly's. Um, he's not entered uh, the DRF. So Statler last year went and won the 10-up at Nace at the end of January. If Ramilly's is entered there, I'd be very interested. I think he looks stare all day. Willie's mad about him. There's not much in the three mile six race. Uh, it's very winnable if you run to about one fifty. He'd be a much better horse than Chemical Energy, I would think. Mm-hmm. Same colours, so they split them. Gerard Demneil goes for the three mile. Um, think it's there for him, and Ramillies goes for the four mile. And the double pays one hundred and sixteen to one if you get the related double. Probably be ten eleven to one double of the week off. Um, if you get it right that they're going that way. So I think that's a really really good bet to do. Back to kind of related yeah. double in the same colours. Every chance to do that way. I mean, Paul obviously rode Gail de Menil in this last year, which is quite an anomaly, isn't it? To now see him line up. Yeah, uh, again. Yeah, I think it's happened Stephen. a few I mean, times. In the... It must have done. Yeah. It must have done. Yeah, it must have done. But it is bizarre. I mean, there's no Ahoy Senor or Lompresse uh, up against him this time round, I don't think. So I can understand that angle all right. I mean, on the qualification things, you mentioned Bally Griffin Cottage has got to go and get another run uh, to run the Brown Advisory. What's the, the three mile six qualification? Oh, no, yeah, I think he, he can run in the Brown Advisory. It's uh, I think you can run in the Brown Advisory on one run. Um, yeah, the, you can, yeah. The, the three mile six is a different story. Three mile six, you have to have two runs. You have to be rated 120 and you have to have finished in the top four um in two oh, seven three. and a half or further. So basically three yeah, miles yeah. or further. Yeah. So that's your, yeah. the, that that's how you qualify. So, um, Ramillez has only one run over fences so far. The form of which, while I'm talking about him, was really good. Uh, he he beat another of Willie's whose name escapes me, but that horse was three lengths within three lengths of um of Jerry Clomp, and that was on on his seasonal debut and on his second start. Adamantly chosen, is it? No, no Tenzing, I think. Tenzing, Tenzing, Tenzing yes, yes, yeah, yeah. and uh, Ramilly's beat him. Uh, pretty much the same as as Jerry Clam. So pretty and he, he was pretty impressive, I thought. Uh so yeah, Ramillis will need to have another run. I would hope it'll be in the ten up um at Nace, uh, the Statler route. And then Donnelly has the two split. Patrick still has his ride on the Jolly in the three mile sixer and Donnelly wins the two. 
You're almost making too much sense there, Stephen. <laughs> but you know, and yes. yeah. that's, that's you, you might as well throw yes. them all in. If you throw James de Burley in, then you're getting uh, 500, 600, uh, uh, 700 uh, uh, to 1 uh, or something. And who are we saying is the Willie's <laughs> Arkle horse? <laughs> well, I did a couple of four falls last night one with um, Dysart Dynamo and one with Appreciate. Yeah. yeah. Try there you go, Dysart Appreciate split. Yes. James de Burnay and the Turners, and then you go Gayard de Menil for the Brown yeah. Advisor and Ramillies. And if it all just falls into place in a bit of Willie Mullins bingo, you are laughing at me. Yeah. And they say there's no value in Cheltenham as <laughs> I don't know if anyone's got as much time as you, Mr. Cass, to go through all of that. But that's no, why but you're here. Like that, oh, that, all that Cass has so is tied. Cass has had nothing. Cass has had nothing at all nowadays. Jeez. Nothing at all, yeah. Loads of times he's got through antipos. The, the double there is so obvious to do. You know, a tenner gets you 1,200 quid back. Like. Yeah, that is very, yeah, that's, that's a very good point, to be fair. Love it. Okay. To be fair. That won't last. That won't last. Um, all right. Um, well, I mean, we've, we've, we've rolled into the National Hunt Challenge Cup, of course. The three-mile sixer, Derma. Um, is there, I mean, there's loads more to be said about it. It sounds like Stephen's got it nailed, which I'm hardly going to disagree with at this point. But I did mark Gaia Domeno as Paddy's right. But if that switcheroo happens, oh, everyone's happy. Yeah, this all kind of came from Patrick Mullen said before he won at Christmas time that uh, this horse was destined for the National Hunt Chase as far as he was concerned. Now, you can underestimate that all you want, but Patrick has done this a few times now where he's pretty much earmarked a horse for the, the National Hunt yeah. Chase. Remember Brian Brian Hayes and his bookmakers.com blog said that last year as well, that in most yeah. yards, Statler would have been in, in the Brown Advisory last season. Oh, sorry, the Brown Advisory. Yeah, yeah. you know, yeah, so yeah. like it is. Um, But there is, there's a few here. I mean, I hope to God Jerry Colomb doesn't come to this race. Uh, it didn't make me that happy now when Gordon Elliott mentioned this the last day. I mean, there's a bit of a switcheroo that Gordon Elliott can do as well, where Mighty Potter ends up over three miles and uh, chemical, and this guy goes up. I'm hoping the fact that chemical en- energy is here and he seems to be going quite well, that that just earmarks him for this race because he was quite good at Cheltenham as well. He'll, he'll be very decent for a race like this. I just don't think he's even up to uh, a Ramillies level because everyone has to remember uh, Ramillies travelled in to the Albert Bartle last year as well. Like he was... He was going to win that race. Mm. I thought he was very good. Another one to keep an eye on who um, definitely needs to do a little bit more, but he, he he needs good ground and there could just be a, a bit of improvement in him. Is Am I right? But I would have wanted a much bigger price. There seems to have been a bit of a gamble. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he was put up by somebody or something because 16 to 1 and what he's achieved so far. I really thought I was being smart now last night when I kind of went through. This guy to me is a very decent horse. Um, unseated he yeah, see the rider. Yeah, was in the mix at when coming down, yeah? Yeah, and he was going quite well. So um, he'd, be, he'd be quite interested. 16 to 1's a rotten price about him. To be honest, as much as this really pains pains me to say it, and this really hurts me, but I think Cass might be right here, yeah. Well, I think, you know, even if Cass isn't right, it's not going to cost much to find out, which is quite which is quite uh, quite nice. <laughs> Paddy? I'll um, retire. If I get this double up, I'm done. I'm gone. I'm letting you never be seen again. <laughs> <laughs> Even more um, for us to wish that that happens. On to uh, on to on to Paddy. Paddy, what do you make of the the three mile six of the National Hunt Chase? Yeah, I think it's quite interesting that Willie is definitely fond of the other horse here in the same colour as Ramillet. There's no doubt. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I think. Not even the win the last day. It was more so the run before that with Gallard Domini, where he was much more of an eye catcher. I wonder what's the crack with him because whether he goes left or right handed, they always seem to ride him round, go around the houses on him. I'm not really sure 
what the crack is with him. They always tend to keep him out wide, like he's a bit of a tricky customer, you know. Um, I mean, I know in the end he he kicked Churchstone Warrior out of the way the last day, but I thought the run in behind Mighty Potter was much more eye catching because for a horse that stays a trip, you know, he isn't slow. He's got a bit of boot, um, and he he, he definitely is a real eye catcher and. I would be struggling to get away from now myself. Um, uh, and I, I personally would be very surprised if they didn't go this direction because, you know, if, if if they were to take this horse out, I mean, it'd be a fair old drop in grade for Patrick as far as the, the standard ride he's going to get in the race. Do you know that kind of way? Yeah. Um, obviously, yeah, be, I do. be very keen to win it. But look, he's, he's, um, he's priced up accordingly. Um, maybe one or two... Of the others that I was looking in there, I thought Ben Pauling's horse bout to greatness. If he went this direction, he could be one at a price. He'd have a bit to do on the book. Um, but for me, I'd be, be struggling to get away from from Gallard. The many looks, this looks right up his street. Really does agree. And if they decide to go, they do like the odd penalty kick if they can get them. And they've got so many to move around. Um, yeah, it's opinions, isn't it? At this time, and I'm sure Paddy will. Uh, He'll be happy as long as he's still on the jolly, as Stephen said. I mean, look, we've got we've gone through the arc all the turn as the Brown Advisory and the National Hunts Chase. Um, Stephen, you've given us, you know, a, a way to play the four races that might lead to retirement. If you had to pick one of them out of the out of the group of them, you can only have one bet, and it had to be today. Which would it be out of the four races? James De Barley. I think seven seven to one. James De Barley. I think he's the best horse in the race, and you know, it's a, we're not talking big fields here. So seven to one is a really good price. About, I think it's his only possible race he can go for and um, he looks like a really really good horse to me yep okay James de Burley in the turners of course uh, Dermo I mean you've given us a few longer shots there as you often do and to, to keep an eye on obviously you know you know what you get with those you get a big price and you've got a bit of a prayer um, what about if you had to have one bet today across the four races what would be your best bet I'd have said James de Burley as well but just to keep it interesting to try and get some sort of a lucky 15 going maybe uh, I would say Jerry Cologne Nice. Okay. Jerry Colum then. Uh, for the Brown Demo. Advisory, sorry. Obviously. Yeah, 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 yeah. In the Brown Advisory, Jerry Colum. And um, Paddy, if, uh, you know, we've gone through the four there. Of the four races we went through, it would probably be Dice Art Dynamo for me. Taking on John Bon in, in an Arkle, of course. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, yeah. Yeah. like at the start of the, the, the pod, we spoke about the mares as well. I would probably take Colin Murphy's mare on in in the mares with with, with Alagor Davasi. No, you can't say that on this podcast, Paddy. Yeah, no, sake, Paddy. I probably I, I probably would because you know what? When 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 you dig when you dig into her form, I mean she really has improved for getting the tongue tie on. It's beyond all recognition, really, from what we we've seen to her prior to that. I just think there's so much involved with the whole day. I know they've done a great job and Brian Hayes and Colin Murphy with this mare, but I mean, there's a lot involved with the prelims here and that could be the difference on the day, Some something something silly like that. But them three runs so far um, the the with the tongue tie on have been different gravy and there was a real good round of fencing at Limerick. I know it was deep ground and it was only Limerick, but that was a fair performance and honestly i think i think she's a very very good mare and um i was i was keen to take on keen to take on impervious you have to remember oh, what paddy's Paddy. saying as well like allegor de is gonna 
do the, the, the like we were talking about this amongst ourselves before how back in the ruby days wheelies used to all sit second third and fourth in the box seat and tick along and get toes into the race but now in the town end era and the, the horses seem to be more free going Aligor Vasi is going to bomb from the front and impervious the way she jumps. She makes one mistake. Where is she? Is she 15 lengths back all of a sudden? You have to take this into account with all these Willie Mullins horses like James de Burley and the Turners, like Dysart Dynamo and the Arkel. Um, Willies are all going from the front and going a million. So if you're in behind and you make any error at all, you're, you're goosed. So I personally, yeah. I personally think that that will actually suit impervious better. Dynamo, Dino Blue went from the front, went a million. Impervious met the first all wrong and she actually just kind of got stronger for it. Um, I actually think that tactic of bowling off in front of her where she can settle and get her head together right early, I think that'll only suit Impervious. But you know, to be honest, yeah. do you know what we've seen of her so far, Dermo? Because, like, she is brave and, like, she she's brave and she's tough. But I think maybe going on a stride or two come the festival, if she's as brave as what we've seen of her so far, I could just... God forbid it doesn't. Shelton happen. could catch her. I know. I know. You I know. Could, That's my could, fear, Paddy. Yeah. That's you my could fear. just see her stepping into one when her when her rev counter is 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 mad high. You know. Those those oh. last two, Paddy. Those last two are the ones that you would be worried about there on the new course. Okay. Um, that's that'll be the top. But still, I don't know. Call she kind of she's she's tough a bit like um, Ellie May as well, and Ellie May gets around those those fences. She's she's not the biggest either, but I don't know. I I I think it. Aligore Devasi doesn't have any of the form near her yet. It could be up there, but I think Aligore Devasi has it all to do. This is yeah, good content, you, lads. Jeez, it would have been nice if we it, talked about this like half an hour ago when we were talking. About, <laughs> when we actually brought it up. Yeah. listening anymore. Now, like we're 50 minutes <laughs> We did, and now Paddy's kind of like, you know, put a downer on things. Yeah, but I yeah, just yeah. Remind hey, Paddy, have you anything else to say about any of the races we were talking about <laughs> earlier? <now? laughs> really reward people that stay with us to the end. Dean, Last Dean. week was, was Gary Gate. Now it's Imperial. What do you think of Imperial Pass or whatever his name is, Paddy? <laughs> <laughs> Dean, will you pick yes. your best bet for the uh, National on Chase? Because we're on for an old lucky 15 then. We've got no, Dice Artino, think... James de Berlay, Jerry Colomb, and then Ting. Oh, no, I don't think I will. No, I don't think I will. I think I'll leave it as, as a patent. Um, again, the men will win if it runs, but like, you know. Gonna, yeah, fair enough. Run, yeah. Grand, grand, grand. And I don't know. Um, I, I was gonna obviously say Time Hill would be mine, but no one, no one listens to me when I talk about that horse anymore. So it doesn't really, really make any difference. <laughs> I don't think. Uh, what, what I think there, which is, which is fair enough. Um, okay. I think we, I think we managed to get to get through it all. The beauty I was gonna say before, actually, um, I was gonna say that you know we've been talking about Impervious when she was 14s and 16s and 12s and stuff for that race. So you know a little bit of opposition now at this point hopefully listeners are sitting in a good position uh, my thanks go to Stephen Cass Paddy Aspel Dermot Nolan uh, I've been Dean Ryan this has been the Race Hour Podcast of course brought to you uh, with the tote.co.uk I hope you've enjoyed that Novice Chasers well completed it I think you've been listening to the Race Hour brought to you by bookmakers.co.uk your best bet for tips news and bookmaker reviews